Welcome to the Tone That Made Us podcast. We put the most trivial music gear knowledge and obsession about gear to use by delving into the gear journeys of some of our favorite artists and friends. Today's guest is a great friend and New Jersey, dare I say, screamo staple. He's played with a suit of lights with our old friend Joey Darone, which I oh, had yeah. no idea. I did. Um, uh, a couple songs, yeah. Ah, very cool. Joey's a great dude. Anyway, yep. uh, Joey Darone from The Fiends, if you don't know who he is. Yep. And uh, most well known for his textural laying songwriting in the band Thursday. Uh, an accomplished cinematographer, which I misspelled on my paper here, uh, video maker, cameraman, director of photography for some of my favorite Food Network shows. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to welcome to the show our brother, Steve Padula. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. I've been, I'm psyched. I've been listening to you guys for a bit now. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening. That's great. So if you've listened before, and for anyone that hasn't listened before, um, we start them off by saying, by asking one key question, which is, what is the first time you saw a musical instrument that moved you to want to be a musician? So I knew this was coming, and I <laughs> was trying to think about it, <laughs> and I still don't have a really good, well, I, there's one that just keeps coming back, so I'm going to go with it. Um, I would say, so... I saw the who in, I think it was 89 on the like reunion tour at giant stadium at the time. Mm-hmm. And at, then I played bass and I had a shitty honer, like, uh, you know, the trapezoid one, whatever the hell it is, you know, like a beetle bass. No, oh, no, no. Like honer, like Steinberger knockoff. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, anyway, huge john Entwistle fan obviously and when i saw his bass i was just like that thing is fucking killer of course could never afford one still can't afford one <laughs> you know like and i don't play bass anymore really so but i would say I, that the it was like a warwick right like that's what he was playing at the time if i remember right still yeah. like, different than he's, it is now it was like he's a been in and out buzz bass. i was i was also at the show and i gotta be quite honest i don't remember yeah, I don't remember what he was playing at that show. I I think it was like his that classic like buzzard, uh, Warwick thing that he had going on. John M. Whistle. Yeah, and everyone should be a fan. Yep, absolutely. If not, at least be a fan of Arthur Smelios, <laughs> John M. Whistle of hardcore. This is true. <laughs> it's been discussed. <laughs> Ah, very cool. So, so did you, you started as a bass player? Was that your first? uh... Yeah, I started. And basically it was one of the the same kind of deal where it's like everybody else plays guitar or something and we need someone to play bass. And, and my cousin gave me a bass and that's how it started. Awesome. Awesome. So how long did you, did you go that path before you switched over? Just like a handful of years, like maybe, uh, I don't know, like, three and a half years, something like that, probably. And then I was just like, I, 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 at the same time was playing, started playing acoustic and it was a lot easier for me then to play just with four strings. So <laughs> for sure. Still is. Still. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'll stick with my four strings. <laughs> so you, you started playing bass in bands at about what age? 
Uh, I mean, I was in eighth grade, I guess. So whatever age that is, I can't even remember anymore. Um, but yeah, I played somehow forced myself to learn how to play or read enough to like get by barely in a jazz band in high school. And then, um, played in a metal band and, you know, locally with just some friends in the garage and then, uh, moved on from there. So, uh, metal, what kind of metal were you influenced at that? Cause metal was a pretty broad category. Yeah. At that yeah. Point. So at that point, um, it's weird. Cause like, I wasn't even like a big metal guy then. I mean, you know, the Metallica's of the world and stuff like that. But I remember at the time, um, Pat Rue from Pry. Remember Pry? Yeah, of course. He was in, I think he was in another band called Resurrection at one point. Not the Rob Fish. Uh, Not the Rob Fish Dan Cav. Oh, Dan, oh wow. Not that Resurrection. I was one but, of the Dan's. There were three yeah. of us, different okay. points. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So, uh, so, but it was like, a, yeah, almost like death medley kind of thing. And I was just like one of those things where it's like, I just want to play in a band and we were kind of doing Metallica covers and playing stuff like that, which was pretty crazy. Nice. So was your gate, did you gateway through thrash to get to hardcore and punk or? I mean, a little bit like, so, I mean, I was more on the, like, you know, like my first concert ever was Def Leppard. So I came from that route and like, you know, came back around or whatever. And then, you know, I, it's so crazy. Cause I look back at like, I lived in, grew up in Powell park and like all this shit was happening right over the, the GWB that I had no clue about. Cause I was some suburban kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, I didn't get into hardcore till like quicksand time. You know what I mean? Whereas I was just like, right. Oh, I missed out on all this shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously it's still there. So yeah, no, you, yeah. that's still a pretty good time to get into it. I mean, we missed all the youth crew stuff and you know, I'm not going to pose. I, I, I was into that stuff. I mean, I was listening to the, you know, black flag blast descendants, misfits, uh, God, seven seconds, that type of stuff. I was listening to starting in 85, 86, but I'm not going to pose. I didn't go to my first show until 90, 89, 90. Right, right. So it was kind of about that time that I think many of us, not all of us were lucky enough to go to CBs in 87. Like, this yeah, guy. yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it was a typical, it's a kind of a typical path. I think a lot of us, you get into like that skating and punk realm. And then it was always a few years before you really got into the other stuff. So it all kind of goes back to like that skate and punk music point, whatever year that was. And then you count like two or three years after that. Right. That's when you seem to start going to shows. I, I mean, in a lot of sense too, though, for me, it kind of made sense that that's where my sort of intersection with hardcore happened was because like, I was always more drawn to the more melodic stuff anyway, you know, like even like, you know, the shifts of the world and like, you know, uh, falling forward and like those, bands, like I, that was the stuff that really got me. And like, that's kind of when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, but, and then I, uh, you know, of course, like for the longest time I was so like, I don't want the like, you know, sort of old school stuff at all. And then I was like, you know, just, you know, you rediscover, you did, or for me, I discover sick of it all late. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. What the hell was I resisting? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to our friend, Stephen Miller from I'm broken. Uh, 
and we were just talking about like sleeping on something just because like it's popular. Somebody else was listening to it and we were just texting. And I was like, you know, one of those bands for me is minus the bear. To oh, me, yeah. it was like, ah, oh, some hipster band that everybody else listens to. And, you know, little did I know there was a dude from botch in it or, you know, right. Dave Newton yeah. and stuff. And then like you get into it and you're like, fuck, I missed this the whole time. And by the way, they just completely broke up and I'll never get to see him live. I got into them really late, just like just in the last couple of years. But uh, okay. I mean, what an amazing band. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, we had the the pleasure of touring with them and just like watching that madness every night with like, oh, yeah, get four DL fours on his pedal board. And 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 this is the thing is Dave gets like all the attention and I get it. Like he's amazing. But Jake was no joke like that. Oh, dude, yeah sick guitar player and he was doing some of that looping stuff as well but they were all killer musicians and getting to watch them every night was awesome like yeah. for sure uh, to My, this day i because he just did a bunch of like rundowns like where he plays along and you're and I'm i loved like, it jaw on the floor like i still don't understand how you right i still no, can't play right it now. nor <laughs> yeah. should we yeah exactly My, my favorite thing about seeing them early on was uh similar a similar thing like by the name i probably wouldn't have listened to him but they got played for me before I knew what the name was mm. and that hooked me right away. But first I went to see him and I had already found out that, Oh, it's Dave from botches in this band. That's yeah. amazing. I'd only seen botch a couple of times at one of the shows was at the melody bar in New Brunswick and lights out the, whatever that blinking light, what do you strobes, call it? The strobe light. Sorry. I couldn't think of it. Uh, very the strobe was going no desk. other lights. And he was just going bananas. And I just basically stared at him for 40 minutes until I went into some yeah. kind of epileptic fit. But he acted exactly the same when I saw yep. Minus the Bear. But the music was nothing like that. But yeah, his yeah. motions and the way he was playing <laughs> yeah. still mimicked exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And he was, was looping botch. and four-finger finger tapping. And Jake was also looping and singing at oh, the same time. Yeah, yeah. Insane. Craziness. It was a actually there was like uh some one of those like teaser posts where they said something about botch news coming. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is yeah, it, I saw at, that. At this point it's always like reissue or reunion, one of the two. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be one. <laughs> well, and it was funny. That, I mean just you know let's talk about timely news in 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 our world. Rival schools reissue and yeah, they announced shows. shows yeah. yeah, and I'm looking at it going, eh, maybe I make a call to try and come down, but it's New York. I hate bothering you know these guys in like a big city show. Yeah, and then I'm like, fuck, it's a year away. I could be dead in a year. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to buy a ticket yeah. for this. Yeah. I'll forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I got so all excited, and then I saw the 2023 on the thing, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's- yeah, it's a ways off. And I'm uh, stoked. Ian's doing it too. Like I saw Sammy had yeah. posted that I'm he's psyched. Back, which is awesome, man. Uh, that dude is just such a killer guitar player and singer. The, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. No, no. He he's awesome. His soul. Have you guys listened to his solo record? By the oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, I actually played played in a band with him briefly uh, when Thursday sort of took a break after uh, the last record. It was. Uh, we had a bunch of different, like some people rotated in and out, but like um, Hergeth was in it for a minute. Um, Love John. But it, uh, Shout out to John Hergeth. Yeah, of course. But uh, he, he lives devil. a town away, and I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, but uh, but it was you know, Ian, um, Jeff Jensterblom, 
and oh, I yeah, love Jeff. What a great drummer. Holy yeah, shit. Dude, he's so good. He's so good. Jim played bass for a while. And then we had uh, an, our, another friend of ours come in after for a bit. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to, I'm trying to, I want to talk to him about seeing if we could release. Cause we recorded so much stuff. We just never, we put out like one song or something. Actually. <laughs> That's uh, that's kind of like, uh, you know, funny enough, Jay Robbins is like that. Jay's got like an entire record and a half, probably two records in the can for like another solo record. Oh, wow. He's just never pleased. Like, I was like, when's it coming out? And he's like, ah, oh, I'm still toying with lyrics. I'm still not pleased with this, still not pleased with that. You know, he's such a perfectionist. And uh, it showed in even Jay, like Jay's last solo record was so good. Yeah, I haven't heard Full of it. I got to check it out. But that's what happens when you're like the producer as well. You know, like it's. And you've got the studio. It's yep. just kind of like it flows, yep. right? Yeah. So um, let's jump back to your first guitar setup we talked about you being being a bass player nobody starts off with the greatest of great what was your first electric guitar bc rich warlock nj series nice <laughs> with like a trainer 112 and a turbo rat oh man that's actually yeah, really good setup yeah, yeah it was good yeah I still Trainer? have the warlock. Every every once in a while, I'm like threaten to like get it going again. But <laughs> just you got it. You got to play it with Thursday. That'd be amazing. Be hilarious. Actually, even better. You got to force Norman to play yes. it with yeah. Thursday. Yeah. I always joked with Tom and said that I was gonna do. I was gonna try to have like our tech hand off like one of those like neon BC riches <laughs> and like hand it off, but have Tucker start immediately so he had to play it you know we never never came to but I, it was one of my many ideas <laughs> oh that's amazing oh, that's, that's into it. oh that's cool so were you using that in a band yet no i i never played in a band with that all right so what like what did you develop to from there like what did you uh so pick up after there, that setup so from there that's i bought um like the first like half stack amp i bought i bought a it was a pv4 412 with the old scary logo and all and it was a an ampeg what the hell it's an ampeg jupiter oh okay yeah. um and uh so it was just very just you know now i know but like i didn't know then i was just like i don't know it's a tube amp this is great i have a distortion pedal you know um and then um what do you call it? It's a, but now like looking back, it's just a very clean amp that actually, you know, how everyone talks today about like wanting that platform. That's yeah, good pedal, pedal platforms. That's totally like that, but it's not like a very character driven amp. Yeah. I mean, but it has, like I had a, a, I had a Jupiter 22, I think. Okay. Is that, that might be right. That was the combo, like the combo Pro version of it. Possibly. Um, I don't remember the, like which. It's, uh, yeah. Know. It was like it, there was just, oh, a, you still it, have it. said it was clean. Yeah. There was just nothing really to it. Uh, yeah. didn't have any no character not that i would know the difference but that, i mean that you want to talk about clean right a, a perfect pedal platform amp is like the a, uh like the the roland right like yeah. a jazz chorus right no character whatsoever no but no. super clean yeah. then you go like then everybody kind of moved on to like a twin for a pedal platform. Yeah. That's super clean, but it has a bunch of character and it yeah. made, it brought pedals to life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that is that why everybody played those Ampeg V4s too? Because I never tried one, and I was always trying to figure out. Like, it seemed like such a sought after amp that I never understood why. Just just for lack of having ever played one or had experience yeah. one one on one, you know. Super clean, not very dynamic. Yeah, okay. I didn't really get. I I had a. I started with SVTs early, but I got turned on to the V4B, which was mm. essentially the same head. They weren't very different. Yeah. Um, but it always made me wonder why guitar players wanted them because I didn't really think any guitar player was going to get anything out of those heads right. that they would want. It never made sense to me, quite honestly. I mean, I remember like, like I saw Godspeedy Black Emperor once and that's what they were using. And I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what I expected them to be using, but... Um, yeah, I just was like, oh, that's an interesting choice, you know, for this, but worked, sounded great. You know, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah. So once you, I'm trying to remember when you first joined Thursday, what you were playing. So that, by that time I bought a 1974 SG. And guitar wise, that I remember. Yeah, guitar wise, and then I play. I was playing a Mesa Nomad 100 uh, with the same PV cabinet. Did you get that at my store? Uh, no. Tom got. Uh, he had a, a beautiful white SG, but it was like a wasn't a standard. It was a little wider. Like uh, he got he got that from one of, from a uh, from your store, I believe. Yeah. No, I meant the Nomad. No, Nomad, I got a uh, Paramus guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Because I think you had joined. I was probably in Totua at the time that you had joined. I remember seeing you down in Springfield. Oh, right. Okay. So I was in Springfield at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So guitar center years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. They were great years. You guys were great years to all of us. You guys all benefited greatly from those years still do <laughs> what do you mean did <laughs> did i think there's a which, couple of excuse you anybody <laughs> out there in guitar center land if you're still working at a guitar center if if you look up dan cav case i think yeah. he there are there's, a couple of skews i built in two the skews there's one for a case and one for something else but i have both tags still I kept the tags because you printed out the barcodes. <laughs> <laughs> and the one says Dan Cav Case. And I actually, this is years and years ago now, but I brought the tag to a guitar center one day to have them look it up. Oh, did oh, really? You really? Yeah. Was it there? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't purge that stuff from the system. That's that's there. <laughs> so it was you, like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> Your tone evolved pretty heavily over the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, so you're not like a, oh, look at me type of guy. You're um, outwardly kind of reserved and, you know, killer guitar player. And I have no problem saying that to your face. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that, I don't think that people, if they listen to the Thursday records or see you play live, have enough appreciation for the, the, the care that you take 
in the tones that you use in the pedals that you use. I don't think anybody has the understanding of, I mean, you were, you were doing some um, soft consulting for companies like line six, where they were sending you prototypes and such to give them feedback. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became a little bit of a, of an effects nerd. I just, I've always been a gadget person and this is a thing, right? So my two loves have always been music and film and, you know, making video, both of which require lots of gadgets and toys. And they're both yeah. unfortunately expensive and it is what it is. But a, a lot of work goes into making Eddie Reyes disappear and then have him dance for an entire song. By <laughs> yeah, that, This is true. Which, by the way, that's where I got this bad cat was from Eddie. Um, I think we all got a name from Eddie at one point at some or point, another. At some point. But, um, uh, yeah, so Line Six, like, uh, they were one of those companies. Like when they started with uh, the, you know, the DL4 became a huge hit, but they were always very artist friendly. And like, I just always, you know, kept in touch with the people over there. And at one point, uh, Rich Rankin was over there doing artist stuff, but he was also developing the uh, like the M series stuff, like the M13, M9, and all that. And he had sent me. He had sent me an M13 and was like just asking me to just like beat it up and like do comparisons and tell me what I thought, tell him what I thought and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, it was just like, he was just super welcoming, you know what I mean? And, and I don't know, I guess he was happy with the feedback I gave him. Cause I did that for, for quite a while. Um, I mean, I still use some of their stuff, but, um, I don't do the, the beta test stuff as much anymore. I mean, I love doing it, it just hasn't happened, but, but yeah, it was cool. It was, it was interesting process. Cause like there were certain things where, um, I had used their filter pedal a bunch, but mm-hmm. I used it in a way where it was just like for noise and feedback and not necessarily to have like a filtery sound, you know, like it was uh, more of a texture thing. And and it turns out that it was like some, it was basically their tracking wasn't good enough, which is what allowed me to use it, how what allowed me to do what I did with it. And then on the M series, they fixed it and I was bummed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And I was like, hey, um, this sounds great. I'm sure that's what it's supposed to sound like. But, you know, it did this really cool thing, you know, <laughs> you know, like maybe don't fix it all the way. Yeah. So like we fixed <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. this. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I found a workaround or whatever. But but yeah, it was it was a good it was fun, though, to like kind of get that like sort of little inside scoop and and, you know, see what they were talking about and like what went into it from their end as well not like i had tons of conversations about it like you know they're very careful about what they're going to tell people and, and and whatnot but even just a little bit that i had was awesome you know and and like really learning about the you know like to this day like i use their elephant man uh model is great you know what i mean and obviously like you can have it in a multi-effects unit as, instead of having the, the i'm not that's it's called the elephant man on the on the uh on their stuff, but the uh, uh, I'm blanking delay pedal, uh, electro harmonics, the big guy, the memory man, memory man, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, I didn't realize that that's what you were oh, I get it. Okay, yeah, they yeah. call the elephant man, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, but like that thing, that model specifically was like a game changer from the earlier version of it. And all of a sudden it had like a lot of warmth to it. It felt more, more true to what it was in a way that on, on which pedal on the M series, once they hit that, that, like, that was like a huge thing. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is like another level here, you know? Um, 
you know, yeah. we keep going back. I love that you're a multi-effect dude. Mm. Um, you know, I've got 30, at least 30, maybe 40, 50 guitar pedals downstairs in a bin. And I'm starting this new project now where we're recording and things are, or we're starting to write songs, we're recording like little demos. And every time I build a pedal board, I trash it because like I can never put together the tight, clean. It's, it always seems like something I'm adding to it is taking away, is subtracting from what's going on elsewhere. Right. And then I always kind of go back to, okay, back to a DL4, back to, um, we actually, we Dan and I have a pair of Zoom G3 pedals, mm-hmm. which is, um, they're set up so that they're three distinct stomp, box, stomp boxes used at any given time. Okay. Um, so they're, they're made to have their own knobs. Each section has its own knobs, like you're playing a three pedal pedal board, right, but right. you can bank up and down and you can use, you can change them to whatever you want, right? Change yeah. them to yeah. whatever you want. And they're all really good, clean, digital, um, and they sound great. I go back to that and I'm like, but Same. this is impractical. Yeah. Like I, I can't drag these around. I hate plugging shit in and out. So I go back to the pedal board and I just, yeah. It's it's this vicious vicious cycle that yeah. all I really need is like one line six multi effect board and I'm set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, let's go. Cool. I, I was just going to say I actually I have the opposite experience. I actually went from pedals to that core that uh that Zoom with when I'm doing my bass stuff with Dan. This Desert Air. That's what I play live. Okay. I gave up on pedals and I was just using all my effects through that zoom pedal because I kept, I, I think it's more practical for me than anything else. I just, instead of, I, I power it into a, uh, a pedal juice and that's mm-hmm. what powers it. And that's my, my whole pedal board at this point when I was playing live. Uh, I love that now it's I double A batteries it. too. Like you could throw double A's in it and make it work and you don't have to have nine volts and shit. It's pretty cool. That's yeah, awesome. The sounds are great. And until I, buy a line six helix lt that's what it's going to be yeah yeah i mean that's the thing it's it's funny so like at some point i went to um the whole like i had a ground control and like some rack stuff and like it was totally overkill but i was like i'm just having fun i don't care you know pedals and loops and stuff like that and then when i did that project the states and kingdoms project with ian i was like i'm going back to tap dancing like i just want to do it again and that lasted like two rehearsals and i was like because once you get like i just get spoiled with like especially the the way i approach songs too it's like it's never like just dirt clean it's like clean with this delay and this reverb like you know what i mean it's just impossible (laughs) to do it the way i'd like to do it and and so like i went back to um at the time was like one of the pod live pods or whatever and i you know occasionally i throw an, an auxiliary pedal or two and so I don't know. Once you go down that rabbit hole of like having it, so it's like you hit one button and a million things happen. Like it's hard to get away from that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still do it now, but like I have a helix that like, I, I have a helix, and then I have an auxiliary board with the stuff that the helix can't do mostly. And it's just like you know the the playground, and then the like more utilitarian stuff, and then the helix is also the switcher. It's like it controls everything. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, except for the but like the pedals I keep so that I can like kind of just do them live for the most part, you know, with the exception of a couple loops or something. But 
it's again it's it's overkill and it's funny because like to me it's like do i need all of it absolutely not do i love it yep that's, yeah, all, the I, whole that's point. all i care about yeah exactly you, you know? do it because you can yeah so <laughs> so just because you said it now i'm gonna have to ask what isn't the line six doing so what's on that other board um okay so i mean there's some organic stuff like i have a bowman overdrive that just like as the, the minotaur is like supposed to be their clan which is actually amazing but there's just something about the the bowman version that i love plus it's bowman so i support you know i support them um i have a uh but it's mostly weird shit like uh i have a microcosm on there i have a, a night sky strymon uh rickish the ricochet that my friend over here helped me help me out with <laughs> and, and a freak out which is incredible I'm you not, like it huh not, oh, i love it i mean yeah it's awesome i never thought i'd love that thing as much someone who may or may not be on this call and isn't you uh got me that pedal <laughs> exactly <laughs> yep they're really awesome pedals they are um, and uh, uh you you're hearing it here first this fall you're gonna see an entire uh an entire new offering of potentially vintage reissue pedals oh. coming coming from that company so wow there's some cool there's some cool stuff coming down the pipe actually if you guys in the next month check out i think it's uh sweetwater i think bought most of it there there are some uh dod reissues that they kind of bought everything we can get our hands on oh. so you, you'll see some of that stuff special on, on sweetwater uh this this right. probably about a month yeah thanks so by the time I, this podcast I is out you yeah. causing me to to spend money in a month yeah <laughs> thanks ahead of time yeah. there's like the green overdrive and uh yeah some fun stuff yeah times yeah it's a, cool. but yeah the pedal that yeah like i said it's like the the spacer stuff i do i do i did just put an origin effects uh cali 76 on there too which because you're not going to get a better compressor than that in the you know yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. So how do you, so I want to have compressor talk. Okay. Come on, like coffee talk. How do you how do you personally use a compressor in your signal chain? Okay, so for me it became a very utilitarian thing. Like I hate that like, you know, squashed. The squash like picking thing i hate that thing like i mean i've heard it used it's a stevie ray thing right like when you think yeah, of compressor yeah. on guitar you think of blues dudes because it's an yeah, attack yeah thing. yeah and I, so i was i've tried in the past and i was always like i don't know i don't really hear it you know it's not for me but for me now uh i recently like only in the last tour have gone back to trying to explore it was because i'm having a hard time in the ears where my clean no matter what i do if i have the volume the same as the distortion it just it just disappears live and i think that's partially because of the tone i use i like to try to go for a very like ultra clean sound and it just goes away so i was working with mark hudson our sound guy and he was like you need to figure out a way to just have a compressor on your clean and nothing else so that's the goal right now and so far it's helped it's helped a lot um, but it's it's so hard. I don't know. It's like seems like it should be the dumbest, easiest thing. But to get it in a way where you're like really happy, where the distortion sounds a little bit louder, but when you go to clean, you could still hear it really well. Drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Been there. Um, let's talk a little bit about your signal 
you, when you were saying that you know one button multi effects program together, what are some of your favorite combinations? Ooh, um, question. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so it, it's usually um, it's usually like a specific thing for a song where it's like, you know, go from you know a dirt like a dirt with some spacey reverb thing. Like I, I do a lot of like reverb expression pedal stuff to like a clean with a very specific tempo like because like tucker likes to play to a click so we could really lock in and so i get the clean to be like right on time and the delay comes on or whatever and the cool thing about helix by the way is with those snapshots you can do that thing where it's like you know verse chorus you know bridge you know lead thing but then you can have the top strip be like an active board that you can like sort of improvise with Oh, so cool. even if even if you're just like okay this is where i needed to go to clean with reverb and delay you can be like oh i want to add an overdrive and just hit hit an extra thing you know what i mean it's it's pretty awesome how deep you can go with that thing um but i i, I think for you're me talking like, me into it yeah <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome man um i'm uh, already buying one you are yeah, yeah. I, I i we've we've talked about it i decide i think i'm gonna go with the lt um it's everything I need for a Let me know if unit. you have any questions when you get there. Cause yeah, yeah I, I'll let you know about all the questions I'm going to have. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Cause there's going to be a lot. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. How do you, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I love that clean reverb delay tremolo. Mm-hmm. Like that's like such, I love to play with that combination and mostly because it hides the slop in my approach as a player, uh-huh. you know, you, you don't have to be dead on, um, but mastering the repeats on the delay and the tremolo to not be completely in sync because then they cancel each other out right. to not be so completely out of sync or um, out of time that it sounds wonky yeah and then playing in a band where you vary speeds of songs yeah. and you still want to use that same effect setup you have to have something like a multi-effect unit where you can pre-program that's my that's my combo for this speed as my combo when you i know you were saying tucker and most bands these days i mean mark o'connell taking back sunday you know does it as well where the entire band's got the click in their ears yeah uh by the way i gotta tell a funny story so right before pandemic they played hartford Mm. two nights uh taking back sunday did and i went down the first night and um i got to sing neil rubenstein's parts because they did the first record like front to back um and that and that was a blast that was a lot of fun and then the and what they did was um you know suge so suge got me uh, a set of ears Mm -hmm. so he's like oh here you know like you're hanging out on the side of stage so you can hear what's going on and i was like oh man this is great so the next night I bring my wife and I I was like, here, you could have, you know, you could have the ears and she listened to the whole show. And she's like, I never want to go to a show again without being able to hear the band's mix. Yeah. Like yeah. it's fucking amazing when it's dialed. It's awesome. When yeah. it's not, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Tucker and his click. Yeah. Um, do you guys, 
considering you have pre-programmed uh, you know BPMs for each song, do you fuck with your effects to time them to the to the proper? Clip? Well, I'm, uh, well, so delays, yeah, for sure. Um, delays, I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll do it with tremolo, but I also like to have like a tremolo off a little bit sometimes, or I'll, I'll, a lot of times I, I like. I like to mess with the expression pedal on a tremolo a lot where it's, you know, you just like go from super fast to like slow it down, you know, just go nuts mm -hmm. with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so it depends on the song and the part, but that's the awesome thing is it's like, you can set it up to do that. And I think, I think on some of the stuff I have it set up. So like if I go to a patch that has a tremolo and I have the expression pedal active, when I come in with a tremolo, it's going to be, or if I, if I want to set it, so like the, the heel position is, you know, 120 BPM, I could do that. And then, you know what I mean? So like I can go off of it and come back to it. You know what I mean? Um, so it depends, it depends, but like, that's the thing is I like having that option. Um, and, and again, this is shit that like, no one's going to notice, but me, right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> but but most of the stuff we talk about is exactly that. And yeah. I think it's one of the things I like about this is we're talking to like-minded people who yeah. would be the five in the room that would Oh, I see what he did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, if you listen to the records, if especially listen live, because you guys actually, I, I love the the improv element of what you guys do. I don't think I've ever seen you guys twice and you played the song like the record or like the last time I saw you play it live. There's always interludes. There are always parts where you guys take a little bit artistic you know, yeah, license and and you have fun with it. Um, a fan is into the song, right? Most yeah. of the ninety five percent of the people in the room are there, you know, to sing along. Um, yeah. The other five are going, "What the hell is he doing there?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and the fact is, you know, I wish every guitar player could have like an overhead cam over their pedal board so that right, people right, can see. Right. Kind of like what Dave's doing on on Instagram with the minus the bear and the botch stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it. I think I think that that's great. And and that was one thing I always ad admired about you. Besides playing the right thing at the right time, which you do really well, but your your choice of effects is just so cool. That's great. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun. It, and, you know, um, when we started, I remember like I, the first pedal I brought into the mix with Thursday was just uh, the modulation line six. And early on, Jeff hated effects for the band, like hated it, like was like, I don't want to do that or whatever. But like I just started slowly pushing stuff in, you know, like chorus here and there and whatever. And then and it's still a thing where like he's like he likes it now but also like keeps me in check or keeps us all in check with that kind of thing where it's like that's cool but like is it really bringing it somewhere else or not and and a, another funny story about that specifically is so we we're playing um skate and surf and i have been nagging the band to play uh our song called uh tomorrow i'll be you and because we hadn't played it a lot at that point so we're like finally playing it. And I think we hadn't played it on that tour maybe, but we we're going to play it that night. So we start playing the song we get and, and right away I could tell something is wrong. And I'm just like yelling at everyone, like check your tuning, check your tuning. Everyone's stopping and checking. I check, you know, I check first. I'm like, it's not me. I'm in tune, you know, like go the whole way through. 
Dave Kusafi, uh, our tech, comes on stage, looks down, and turns off the whammy, which happened to somehow get knocked to a third. So I was, and and and, and so like the song I wanted to play like so badly got ruined because of me. But not only that, Jeff was terrified to play it again. <laughs> yeah, you spooked him. Yeah, I know. So it took years, and then you know. But, but for a while, I was like, okay, I'm taking this off the board now. <laughs> I'm punishing myself. You don't get to have this here. <laughs> the, the Tom Morello. Tom Morello is looking down on you and, and saying, you yeah. do not deserve the whammy. No. Which I just oh. saw them uh, the, uh, Tuesday night. I was there Monday. Ah, it was awesome, right? Oh, my God. They just announced that they're ending after yeah, New York run. Yeah, we Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see why you saw him. Zach had hurt his leg on earlier shows. Yeah, he was scootering around, down, but he was going ballistic sitting down, like yeah. kept kicking his legs and like it looked like he was slamming his feet on the floor. And I was like, that's not how you heal a bad yeah, leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he stood up a couple of times when like and it was funny because like the crab would cheer when he did, you know, yeah. so he felt obligated to yeah. try more, you know. But yeah, they sounded yeah. great. Again, it's like one they of those were like, phenomenal. Like, yeah. You're like you're a three piece. How the fuck do you? Yeah, sound? and the thing I loved, the thing I loved about it too, I took a picture as soon as they set up that stage. Yeah, eight hundred four twelve. Yep, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's Morello's rig and his floorboard, and then a two twelve, two one fifteens, an SVT, and I couldn't see what the other base head was. Yeah, because where we were, but like, the if you look at pictures of the stage set, it's Minimal. super. That's the garden. Like, yeah. It's yeah. this giant stage with this super minimal amount of gear. And we all know, well, you know the, the big gear, screen, but the makes screen, everything yeah. else look small too. But the it, screen was so far back too, that like the, you can see so much empty floor with no gear on it. Yeah. It, I kind of love that. Funny. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was cool. And it's crazy though. Cause Morello, like his pedal board isn't crazy either. No, not at all. Like he has like, I don't know, like four or five things on there. You know what I mean? That's, and he's doing all it's it's incredible yeah it's amazing and the digitech whammy is one of them yes it is and he did some of that with that double neck which i did not. oh think. yeah i saw playing yeah. with the uh the sg yeah yeah it's uh we're we're raising our our son right because the, he, my son's not into a ton of music yeah but on like for soccer to get psyched up yeah, yeah put put rage on that's awesome. <laughs> knows every word. Yeah, but it's knows just every the covers word. record. I asked him if he knew what the who the priest of Hiroshima was, and and he didn't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he knew how to sing it. He knew yeah. the words. <laughs> that's awesome. that and bad brains. So wow, I mean, you know, you're really doing the right thing there. Yeah, not bad for a ten year old. <laughs> nope. So um, let's let's kind of go back to Thursday. Get signed to a major label, right? Mm-hmm. Gets off victory, gets on island. Yep. Did you get a gear budget? We did. <laughs> we did. What was that like? It was crazy. Um, crazy, but also kind of like r- really educational in a way, like where, you know, it's like, oh my God, I could finally buy Les Paul Custom. Holy shit, I'm going to buy this Les Paul Custom. And uh, when I got it, I was so disappointed. I, I traded the fucking thing for an SG. <laughs> oh, no. It was, you know, like it was one of those times where I was like, oh, I was still very green about this stuff. So I was like, all Les Pauls sound good. 
you know? And then, mm, no. I tried so hard with, like, I had this, like, it was a wine red uh, custom, beautiful guitar. I tried tons of different pickups, everything. I was just like, it just doesn't sound good. I hate it. <laughs> Tom got yeah. good. Tom sounds good. He still has it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. New, new Gibsons. No, not talking shit, Gibson. Don't, don't have a shadow, man. I'll um, talk shit. Yeah, no, um, just new Gibsons. You got to play three yeah. or four of them until yeah. you get one that sings, yeah. right? Otherwise, they're just kind of eh. unless you're buying like an old one, you're buying a vintage yeah. one, you're buying something that's real played in, something that's got character. Uh, Purcell would actually, I think, next week the the John Purcelli uh yep. episodes come out. Um, it's a two parter, and we talk a lot about that. We talk that, about that Purcell episode will be out when you all are listening to this. I yeah, just so just go that. back and just go back and listen to those. Um, but the, yeah, that's the key. So yeah, okay. So you went for the for the custom, didn't work. Got another SG. But yeah, I got another SG. I, well, I want to eventually just traded it. But like the, um, but my second Les Paul that I bought, which was uh, 03 Les Paul Classic, might be the only guitar I haven't changed a damn thing on. Like I was like, I'm not touching this. It sounds fucking amazing. You know, classics are great with those I, '60s necks. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What color? Uh, it is a tobacco burst. Nice. Yeah. nice. Norm Norm is actually using it on uh, on tour, and I'm like, please don't break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got less paws of his own. He has. I think he has one. The black custom, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. great. But yeah, we did. I mean, I think we mostly spent that like that budget on like trying to get gear that we could write on the road with, you know. Mm. So we tried to do a lot of that, and we had a electronic drum kit in the back of the bus on Warp Tour, and it was so, you know, a for effort. It was just so <laughs> fucking annoying and in the way. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, they're not they're not exactly convenient or portable. No, no, no. Was not. that hit? Was that like a V drum kit? Yeah. Yeah. I think I helped. I think I might have helped Tucker get that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I and I know that uh, I remember ordering a bunch of road cases for you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, if it was like that. It was around that time. I bought a Matchless too. Again, though, I bought a DC thirty, but again, I wasn't happy with it. Like one of those that I was like, "Oh my god, I, I could buy a Matchless and I got it." Tried every like. And, you know, you get something new, like you're like sort of disillusioned for a while where you're like, no, no, it sounds good. You're like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> and then uh, I just got to try and convince down. yourself because yeah. of the investment. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it was just like it was just too bright for me, you know. Um, but then um, I eventually moved on to a, a Bogner. Well, actually, nice. no, at the same time it was Bogner. I had a Bogner for the dirt. I was in the two amp thing and I had the matchless for the clean. But the, it was just killing me. Like there was no matter. I would turn the treble all the way down and be like, "Oh my god, my ears are still like abrasive, fatigued yeah. just right off the bat." You know? Yeah. Well, at but, least uh, you had one that didn't crap out on you, because that's what some matchless. Yeah. I was. I, I was when I was out with Sam. I am, and we did that Creed tour. You know, Mark Tremonti had like six or seven different amps on stage. He was yeah. like, he was going like, like full Pearl Jam, right? Just yeah. like put 12 amps on the stage and use them in different configurations. But that matchless broke down every day. Uh, 
he kept it up there because it looked good. Yeah, but it broke. It broke down. Everything. Yeah. Like here, I I've never played the early ones. The I guess from when the owner sold the company. Samson. Everyone says the Samson era ones are the ones you want. Right. Right. I've never I've never had the fortune to play one. Uh, yeah, same. But yeah, I never. The the ones I did play didn't do anything for me that. Yeah. Blew me out of the water, unfortunately, because I was real excited too. I've always been. I was always a Vox fan. Mm-hmm. So anything that you're going to try and develop that sound, I'm all yeah. in. Right, right. Yeah. So it, it was like just that's the basis for most amps, though, or not most, like a ton of them, where it's just yeah. like you don't realize it, but they start there and then they, you know, build off of it or whatever. No. Uh, but I, I bought that, the DC30, because I saw um, Dan from Sunny Day have one. And mm. I love that the clean tone he was getting live. I was like, this is great, you know, and then. Maybe he had a good one. I don't know, but yeah. mine wasn't that. Yeah, we, we were talking about that. God, I forgot who we were chatting with. It's one of those things. It's in the hands, though. Sometimes there's that too. Yeah, you know, like Dan. Dan, I would. No one would ever put Dan on the pedestal of one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived. But the way that he he and Jeremy played yeah. Sunny Day tunes, you could put any guitar in their hands. You could put any amp. And it's going to sound like, like sunny. sunny day. Yeah. 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 Their chemistry is like undeniable for sure. And again, though, I think he's, he's one of those guys that like plays the right thing at the right time. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. it's not, it's often not complicated, but it's the the exact perfect thing that needs to happen there. And it's awesome. You know? Yeah. He's got a knack for, it. he did it on that dashboard EP too. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. The summer's what is summer's kiss EP. Yeah. Was that, was that the one? So impossible. So impossible. It was, so impossible. it was like the two came out around the yeah. same time. Yeah. The so impossible one. But yeah. it, I remember one night going down, they were playing Bert, not Birch Hill. What was the other one? Birch Hill. Was that Birch Hill? No, they they had played. God, the other one that was on over by the strip club. The other. Route 9? Oh, yeah. Club Chrome. Chrome. Yeah. Club Benet. So, Benet, right? It was yeah. Benet back club then. Benet. And I, I went down to uh, to bring Caraba some stuff, and I walked on the oh. tour bus. And I was like, "Yo, how you doing?" And you know, gave him a hug. And I turned around, and I'm like, "Is that fucking Dan from Sunday?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Yeah, he's playing with us." I was yeah. like, "That's fucking cool." Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, psyched to see those reunion shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bought tickets for. That's one I did buy tickets for, for in Boston because I'm you know I'm up this way. Right, right. Uh, but I'm getting home from the uk the night before okay and i'm gonna be gone like for over a week and my wife's not gonna be thrilled that i'm going to see sunny <laughs> day the next night but yeah i'll be i'll see him in chicago at that riot fest yeah oh i'm uh the are you gonna go to the after show uh they're playing that play. night they're yeah. doing a club gig too yeah. yeah i'm not really sure what we're gonna it depends it's gonna be a very long three days i might see you there yeah let me know yeah, we're, we're doing an after show, and then uh, I think we're just hanging out the day before. So, hook up. Yep. Very cool. So, um, what? Any other cool gear acquisition stories? Hmm. Well, the the bad cat. I so, and when we recorded, I think it was we recorded Common Existence, the first session. Um, I had heard one, and I was like, "This is. I would love to play one," and I. Talk, I talked to Andy Williams from Every Time I Die about it. He was like, hey, dude, I have one. You're recording right near Buffalo. Just go grab it from the studio. And he let me use it. And I, it was just like 
the go-to everything about it i was like because i'd always been doing this like oh clean i could never find something where i loved both the clean and the dirt and this was the first amp that that happened i was like this is exactly what i want on both sides here so he let me borrow it and then i was just on the hunt to try to find one and i saw taking back sunny at irving plaza and i was chatting with eddie about it he's like dude i'll sell i'll sell you one of mine and i was like okay he gave me a great deal and there it is, <laughs> you know. Um, awesome. And and that's and there it is over yeah, your there, right shoulder. There, there literally, it <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I tried to block the uh, whatever that thing is. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture of it and <laughs> text it to Eddie. <laughs> He's, He's gonna, gonna ask for it back. back. No, no, no. You know what? From what I've understood, when you sell an amp to a friend. You don't always get the right to buy it back. <laughs> oh, you did you learn that the hard way? Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, I got rid of it at the time for good reason. And now I'm like kicking myself for it, but it's it's firmly in the hands of someone who who won't sell it. Uh, we talk about it on almost every episode. We talked about oh. it with him on his episode. <laughs> on his episode. <laughs> wait, wait, who wait, you talked about it on the Jay Robbins episode too, right? maybe but it was it was with josh i oh, sold it okay. to josh newton uh, yeah uh, oh josh newton right right okay yeah the jmp yeah yeah, yeah my old jmp um <laughs> anyway so um do you have so one of dan's favorite questions uh what's the piece of gear that you got that you completely hated you can't use the les ball you got to tell another story <laughs> that i completely hated or the much less uh, oh, right yeah you already gave us two yeah i know I, yeah i gave you two M much less i haven't heard that one before that's pretty it's actually it's what the it's what syria tone code calls their clone it's called uh, a much less oh uh, okay i was gonna say is that like even on the price it's like a quarter of the cost right oh okay it makes sense i don't know if that was like a chipson thing or something at this point <laughs> um hmm i don't know i think those are the the ones that are that mo I, you know, I bought a, I tried at one point, a, a Fernandez, like they had those like kind of a Les Paul shape, but it had a sustainer in it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they were famous for that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, it's awesome. You know? And I was like, they're cool enough. Like, I mean, Sonic Youth's using them, you know, like, and then I was like, mm -mm. I, and that one, I, I think what it was, was, uh, when you have a sustainer, I feel like it almost makes, even though the other pickup isn't active, it gives it some sort of active quality that I didn't like. And then, uh, you know, there's like that Ed O'Brien Strat now, right? Like there's like a, they have a, a artist Strat or whatever. Yeah. And if I've read it right, I think he has a switch to make that not happen. Oh. Oh. Somehow bypassed it. So like his, his like, I'll, for lack of a better word, his passive pickups, I was going to say analog, his passive pickups uh, stay passive because, yeah, it was weird because um, I was like, I, it sounds like an EMG to me, like I don't like even on the other pickup. And I was like, I don't I don't like this, you know. Well, so that leads me to a whole nother question of you actually use two pickups in your two pickup guitars because 90 percent of the population that plays Les Pauls, SGs. Wait, you can use the <laughs> other pickup? <laughs> my point. Thing? My point, exactly. You mean you can use the toggle for something other than a kill switch? 
You don't exactly. just cut your wires and use it as a kilt. Yeah. I thought everyone, I thought that's how they came. I thought that's where the smoke bombs went. <laughs> I, so uh, at home, always mess around with it. Right. More so recently have I been like experimenting like live and like when I'm trying to record where I'm just finding tones with the uh, bridge pickup that I like better, even on heavier stuff. Um, and you know, coming full circle to what we were talking about earlier, Tom Morello, all of his shit is neck pickup. And I didn't know this, but, um, mm. apparently that, uh, Kramer looking guitar he has, which is some Frankenstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, neck pickup is a single coil in disguise. <laughs> it's not a humbucker. It's a single coil. Oh, wow. And a lot of the times he's using that, uh, that pickup and he kind of does, uh, cause I, I'm an, Cause like an idiot, I, we're not an idiot. Cause, cause of like all of us being nerds, I watched the yeah. rundown of his like the other night. And, uh, Oh, what? Like the, the premier guitar rig rundown. Yeah. 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 And it, it was like pretty, it was pretty interesting. Cause, cause you know how, like, isn't it like, um, you know, like someone like slash will probably do this where they actually use the, the, the neck pickup for like leads. Right. Leads, like that was yeah. the thing. Cause it's got a weird presence to it. Yeah. And I never like, that never made sense to me. Like when we would be recording and stuff, I would be like, I don't know. That's not the right move. But Morello uses it the opposite. He was saying that like, he goes to the other pickup for leads. Cause oh. it cleans it up. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. think most of us got pushed off neck pickups because we played heavy music. Yes. Yeah. Right. And you, th- you throw a distorted, you know, you throw it into a Marshall and you throw it in the neck pickup and yeah. you try and play and you're like, oh, this is just mud fest. I'm out. Right. 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 Um, I think when I started to actually play, when I play with neck pickups, it's usually on strat style setups. Yeah. Right. 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 Like, or I have a, I have a, I haven't telly, a custom built 62 double bound telly custom wow right um but i had it set up as a texas special so it had a single split um humbucker like but like strat size pickup in the bridge yeah had a middle pickup like a quarter pounder in the middle and then i had a mini hum in the neck okay and i started to mess around with those tones and on a telly which is a little thinner than you do that you get you, like i was getting it to work right, and right now i made that like a i made that like a broadcaster i i it's a single pickup now and right right yeah you know now it's just like one knob go yeah but i think um if, if i'm not saying mineral used to play tellies right yeah. i never got to see them live dan did yes like back in the day, like at now, least one of them did for sure. Yeah, now they're not. Cause I think that was like kind of part of how they did their like crazy feedback tricks that they would do. Like they yeah. would do that thing where they would mash the strings on the lipstick pickup mm. and get it to. So I don't know if they were using that pickup or what, but that was always something too, where I was like, you know, and that's the thing. So for me, I'm, I'm a telly guy first and foremost now, like that's what I play. And that's cause of poison. The well, like I remember when we toured with poison, the well, I was like, how are you guys playing tellies? And it sounds so fucking heavy. Yeah. And they were like, hot rails. And I was like, and the thing to me that sold me on it was you had the the heaviness, but you had, I was finding more note clarity out of a telly with the hot rails than like some of the like SGs or Les Pauls that I was playing. 
Yeah. Were you that playing? Was, was it was a maple neck or a or a rosewood fingerboard? Um, all of mine are rosewood. Um, but his, okay, so you were getting similar like neck tonality. Yeah, I was saying. Well, if it's you know maple fingerboard, yeah, right. it's going to sound different. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a slab or whatever. Right, right. But um, no, and ever since, like, and then in the studio, that was the big thing because, like, you know, like with Thursday, we like to do we'll do the big distorted open chords, but then like to pick out the notes in it while it's ringing out. Yeah, and like if you don't have that clarity, it just doesn't you don't hear those little nuances, yeah. or whatever. You know, being being that you multi-program tones, do you ever layer clean tones over dirty tones live? Uh, I used to a little bit for certain songs, and when I went back to the one amp thing, not I stopped doing it. But I also didn't think live. I don't. I don't think it. Again, it was like a thing for me. You know what I mean? I don't think it really added enough live in, in the context I was using it with. Um, sound man never same sound man always different but like no i mean i'm sure it sounded again i'm sure for him he was like yeah but like i'm sure the audience didn't know like oh he put the clean channel on you know what i mean (laughs) yeah no but it's those ringy it's those ringy clean tones that i love especially recording that's like a must right yeah yeah it's a a must for that kind of clarity yeah um yeah we always did that though like you know you know uh the double track the dirt the, you know, you have the full gain thing and then you back it off and you blend yeah. them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you said going back to the one amp, is that the bad cat? Is that the, now, just the one amp you play yeah, now? Yeah. Well, I run the bad cat and the Kemper live both at the same time. And, and part of the reason I do it is that's two amps. Just so you know, <laughs> I know, but I, I guess what I meant was clean, dirty, like they're both doing the same thing. So I, I I I misspoke. Uh, one channel at a time, I guess it would be the way to say. It. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the the main reason I do it is it's like a built-in backup, which came which saved my ass uh, when we played in Jersey City like uh, last month. Like the one amp goes down, the other the, the other one's still going. You know, and right. like I we came back to line check. I turned on my bad cat, and it you know was smoking. I don't know what I don't know what happened. So I was able to just like. Was like okay, easy. I think this is yeah. why I do this, you know. Um, but it also gives the sound guy, like you, you know, a front house engineer. A, you know, he he likes to he'll mic the cab, take a direct, and then like fan it out. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, uh, and you, and you know, you get that clean signal, and it thinks sounds great. So, and it's a model of the same app. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was about to ask, what are you using in the yeah. Kemper? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. The, the dirt sound is the is a profile dirt sound that I got, but I did find a, uh, a clean profile that I liked a little bit better. That was from a different, like somebody else did it, but same. Right. That, that's the beauty of the Kempers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the gear in general. Now it's just in a brilliant place. The, yeah. the amount of options available yeah. to everyone at every price point. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. is pretty brilliant. That's cool. So what do you, what do you think about how long have you had the Kemper? Uh, Probably about six years now, I guess. Something like that. Oh, so you've ago. had it a long time. Yeah, for for a while. And even when I bought it, is it six years? 2016. Yeah. Even when I bought it, I was like, I don't know. Should I wait? Is it going to be like a different? Are they going to come out with a new? Am I going to buy it? And then the next day they're coming out with a new one? You know, like it already seemed like that. Because like, you know, Fractal is like shitting them out, you know? Yeah. Seemingly anyway. 
Um, well, and and are all the 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 versions really worth the new one coming out? Is there enough of a change that it's worth? Oh, I got to get the new one. I got to get the new one. Yeah, with, that's the conversation you know, the I do always see with people with fractals. Yeah, uh, and you don't obviously you don't see that as much with people with Kempers because you don't have that option. They don't have that option. But a lot of a lot of fractal users, I see guys that you know, put all this money into the fractals being like, oh, well, the new one's coming out. Should I, yeah. you know, or everyone that got the new one, should I change? What are the advantages? What do they do? Blah, blah, you know, uh, it becomes that the law of diminishing returns, like. Unless you're Ken Andrews and then, <laughs> and then it's perfect. You're, you're like, oh, you made perfection more perfect. More per <laughs> They, they were one of the like when I saw their reunion uh, at a ring. The failure reunion. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was. I was like, this might be the best sounding show I've ever heard in my life. And I went up front, being like, okay, is he gonna have his old JMP? Like, what what does he got? And I was like, where are the fucking amps? And then I just Quiet saw the and I was like, are you kidding? That's actually that's what sold me. On even though I went Kemper, my big thing with with the modeling amps was. You would always hear like, you know, a band like Animals as Leaders, like all these like very heavy bands that mm -hmm. didn't, you know, it's not that they're not dynamic, but like a different dynamic, right? And so I was always like, okay, yeah, I get that those work for those bands, but like I hadn't heard it in anything close to what we were doing. And then when I heard Failure Live, I was like, oh, they're all over the map, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So, so you like, and for me, it's like, I'm not getting, you know, like, gain wise I, I don't need it to be animals as leaders animals as leaders or whatever you know what i mean like i so i was like okay and then i did like the idea that you could profile your own amps or whatever there's it it's probably a dumb mental thing but for some reason it makes you feel like you're not you didn't jump into the deep end of modeling because at least it's based on a tube amp right. that, you, that you profiled you know what i mean right. yeah we were, we were just having this discussion. I said 90% of the people that would buy those amps would find, and Dan was then reinforcing this, would probably find a model that's already in it or that somebody else did that's 99% yeah. there to the one that you have. Oh, yeah. So would you really go through all the trouble and of it's modeling your own amp when it may not even come out as good as somebody else who lives who's way nerdier than you are doing yeah yeah especially now there's there's so many out there and people post them for free and there's tons of great ones out there yeah it's amazing yeah even the ones even the ones that aren't free i uh again like i don't own a kemper yet i mean who knows what'll happen but uh i've been following them for ages and i think it's tone junkie on yeah. his youtube channel but he does those packs yep and a couple of them he just did he just did a marshall one a jmp yeah and he like the thing calls it like the best sound, the best JMP profile ever. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I played it and I was like, holy shit, this is $29. Now I have to buy a Kemper. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, insane. it's insane. I was like, oh my God, this is, it's the best JMP ever. It sounded so good. Well, Better than the pride JMP. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Gavin, Gavin's, Gavin's amp is a monster. I've had the fortune to play that as much as i wanted i've had my we recorded it with it on it yeah recorded with it um oh yeah that's a great head that one's another that's an enigma head that's just uh so it was 
that was gonna say, that, that's the other cool thing right is like okay you know people that freak out about like say like a dumble that's about as close as you're gonna get to playing like siri vaughn's dumble is on a profile you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. and it's like yeah is it a dumble no absolutely fucking not but it's it, it's <laughs> it's pretty damn close and it's cool you know what i mean like it still yeah. sounds good there's and they have them for so many apps they even you're gonna laugh at this when i hold this up they even profile these yes <laughs> the fact that you have that out that's a sticking point for me right now the fact that things <laughs> are starting to go for more and more money the yeah. blue rock band the rock for those like, who can't see this yeah, i get yeah. it it's a classic piece of gear and all but like come on dude it, <laughs> they it, don't need to go for a thousand dollars like we can no but you we see used to use them as door stops yeah like stacks of them but you know it's crazy uh there are bands that like were using them on records because they liked the tone they were getting out of them better yeah. like big like Def Leppard Hysteria apparently yep. the clean channel is that thing yep. no way yeah yeah if you watch like the those classic album series I think yeah. I think I was on that he was talking about it but there are there are some people that like that's what they did like they were like no this sounds you know they would run through a bunch of awesome studio gear of course yeah, right. yeah. but they they were doing that and it's funny because like that is like to your point like because I I went down that rabbit hole of like, how much are they like, you know, and seeing them for 600 bucks and more. And I was like, Holy yeah, it's shit. been insane. But now there's a guy that made um, a clone of it. And it's like a crazy intensive, like multi effects little, you know, pedal, like a DL DL four size kind of thing. Right. But it looks like the same, like the same kind of, it looks like it was made <laughs> then, you know, it's kind of awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Speaking of studios, the one thing I wanted to hit on, before we we end is um you've had the pleasure of recording at the big blue meanie with tim rest in peace tim rest in peace yeah yeah he was a brilliant engineer and producer yep let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the things especially as a younger band that you learned in the studio there let's pay some tribute yeah, I mean him and I have to say Sal, you know, Sal, part yeah. of our, our Sal Vill- Villanueva, right? Villanueva, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my so my first recording studio experience ever was at Big Blue when we did the demos for uh for Full Collapse and uh I was nervous as shit and like you know, Tim at first like he can be intimidating. Big guy like yeah. boomy voice, you know. Sitting behind an eight hundred thousand dollar knee yes, board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no intimidation whatsoever. Yeah, but the sweetest guy, like you know, awesome, and and Sal, Sal as well, and like they really like kept you calm. But I like look so looking back, I'm my thing is like, even though it was like the the first experience was like very like you know, they really kind of held your hand and guided you through everything, and even full collapse was like that. And then when we got to War of the Time, it was like. um and I don't mean this in a negative way. It was like boot camp. Like we, we, they drilled us like crazy. Like Tucker, they made you know Tucker did like I want to say a perfect take on three different drum kits, and then they would like do whatever they did and and mix and stuff like that. And like we had a you know it, it was we had like so many amplifiers and guitars and thing like it was ridiculous. But it was like this thing where it's like. I think it was like one of their first like bigger budget records, like with ma- the major label uh, funding and stuff. And like, we're excited. So we're just like, yeah, let's just try everything. And like, it's, cr- it was insane. It was 
a, a total joy, you know, like stressful at times, but like amazing that we got to like try all these things. But in hindsight, you're like, we spent so much fucking time doing all this shit and it probably sounded this much better than if we just went with this or, but, but it was awesome. And the thing to me about working there with, you know, with, with Sal and Tim is like, you really learned how to, um, play like you know this is kind of where the click started with like tucker where he like really got into it where because he learned how to like play around it where he wasn't just a robot like and that was that's every band's concern right is like is your drummer gonna become a robot can you tell and then it we did those like blind tests where like we, we couldn't guess which was click or not you know and um but that was the thing was he was kind of beating you into a place where you could play on that level and then like kind of letting you relax so that mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, not that we could play like, you know, a rush or, you know, something like that, but, but, you know, as close as we could. And so like, in a lot of ways, it was just like really learning the process, but also um, Tim as a, he, he liked to call, call it like someone like a, a melodician, you know, like, his like knack for melody was just like unbelievable. And, and then he was like one of these guys too, where uh, he'd like sit behind Tucker's kit and, and like tune it, but then just like rip for, for a minute. And you were just like, what the fuck, dude, how are you doing this? You know, like he, he, one of these guys is just like, he's a, he's like a certifiable genius, like good at everything he does. And you know, it was, it was awesome. I'm so stoked that we got, we had that experience and, you know, like when we did the later records with, with Fridman, I don't think we could have done them without having gone to big blue. Like it was, it was kind of a boot camp. Yeah. I mean, like it was to the point where when we first started recording with, with Fridman, I would do a take and be like, I fucked up that part or whatever. He's like, he's like, sounds like someone playing guitar, you know? So it's like the polar opposite. But I don't think it would have worked without having that like sort of foundation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, Tim's boot camp is a is a lot like becoming proficient at anything. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's repetition. It's perfection. It's regimented learning. Yeah. And then taking the foot off the gas to get loose. Yeah. Everything else is just natural. It's just natural muscle memory. You know, it's sports, it's playing music, it's any any art yeah. is is about that repetitive regimented learning. Yeah. And then your body naturally does it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But the yeah. thing is like the wealth of knowledge that those guys had were like it was it, it was invaluable to to us. And like, yeah, you know, just like those were like they were family to us, you know, like the, those experiences were amazing, you know. Yeah. It's weird to drive by there now and see it's like um uh like a bar or whatever. Oh, is that what it is? It is, but they kept like in there there's like the one of the original big blue meanie doors is in there with the 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 blue meanie on it. Yeah. There's like little like references to what it was. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. Where'd that board go? I don't know. I'm not I sure. I was just going to ask the same thing. Yeah. I remember when it was up for sale and I was like, I remember when he first got it. I happened to be there. I think the fiends were doing a record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I went down to hang out with Jerry. I loaned Jerry my Les Paul. 
to okay. record with. He, he was looking for some different sounds. So I said, here, take it. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting behind it and he was like, you, you ever, you ever meet like a, because we were younger at the time, right? We're in our early twenties and he was a little bit older. You remember like you, you have like the bigger kid on the block who buys his first like hot rod car yeah, and yeah. just sits and rubs it with a diaper Yeah, yeah. Going, going in the studio. He was just like, do you know what this is? Like, <laughs> back then, I really, I mean, I knew what Neves were, but I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. And he was like, look, look at the gold plaque with his signature on it. Like yeah. he was so proud that, I mean, that's a huge capital expense for a business yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. What kind of board was it? What board was that? I think it was a 1998, maybe. And it was like what like one of the last one or two. Yeah, made. it was like it was there was yeah. something like rare about it. Yeah. I just remember I I always wonder what that one was. I did get to record on the one at Water Music. They had a 8088 mm-hmm. that went somewhere in Manhattan when they closed. But I couldn't remember what they had at uh at Big I wonder, Blue. I wonder if it went to because there's like a big blue north, which I'd never understood. Uh, did it go upstate? Utica. Yeah. So it might be up there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anybody yeah. who knows, you know, hit us up on social media. Yeah, yeah let, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Where's the board? All right. So uh, my my last question of these is always the same. You've probably heard it. You know what's coming. Uh, you said you were listening. Uh, I can't decide myself, and I love to force this upon other people. But uh, we're trapping you on a desert island. That desert island may be Staten. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Beginning gang gangplank. You got some good Beginning pizza. gangplank. Uh, Some rice balls. Three items. You're stuck on Staten Island forever with three things. That's all you get. Uh, what are they? Yeah, what are we're bringing? talking gear, obviously, right? Gear. Yeah. Well, no, I, it's up to you, actually. It's whatever I, you want. What I three assume, things you need? I assume there's power on the island. Yes, <laughs> unlimited. Yeah, it's you ride a bike. There's coconuts. It's very. It's a good island. island. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, it's just like my current rig, the bat, like the, the bad cat 412. Oh, I had three things. Yeah. I guess it. I have to get a combo then. I got to get a bad cat combo, uh, a delay pedal, and a uh, my main telly. I, I would say those that would we'll give, there's right. already a cabinet there. There was a cabinet. Okay, there's a cab there. There's a 412 on the island. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a house <laughs> cabinet. Wait, do cables yeah. count? <laughs> <laughs> um, what telly are you playing? Let's talk about that. That your number one telly? Uh, it's right American Standard from 2003, and uh, it's just been awesome since. Like, uh, hot rails in it, and that's it. Always, everything else has been the same. Although, I just dropped it off for its second <laughs> fret job. Oh wow! Yeah, who's doing uh, it? Who's your tech? Who you? Who do you use? Uh, I brought it to 30th Street. So Matt, I believe his name is. Um, but yeah, I know you know Jimmy Archie over there. Yeah, yeah. everybody um, knows Jimmy Archie. Do you know his son Andrew? Yes. Yeah. Andrew's. Andrew, yeah. Oh, Andrew. of course you do. Yeah. 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 Andrew's yeah. a good dude. The other dude is in uh in Lorna Shore. Jesus Christ. The drummer. Uh, his other son. Yeah. His other yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Insane. Dude. Yeah. Great drummer. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So back to the question, I would say. Uh. So three things. So yeah. So this head right here, my main telly and uh what delay pedal would it be? I think I'd have to go with the memory man. Yeah. Good choice. I'd yeah. memory man over a DL4. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're going to just, you know, like you're going to ride it out, might as well ride it out on the OG, you know? <laughs> I agree. I like it. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. It's been a great, God, I can't believe it's been an hour and a half already. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we will definitely do this again and we definitely have to see each other soon. It's been yes. yeah. way too long since all of us have been together. So thanks yep. for joining us, brother. Thanks yeah, for joining. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. More gear talk soon. <laughs>